Folks, welcome into a brand new episode of Bullet Points. I'm Ty B here, and tonight I'll be joined by Kevin Massari and Mike Bunt. But first, we got to give a shout out to our show sponsor, West Her Automotive. Whether it's a new or used vehicle, they've got what you need. And if you know what's good for you, then you'd get down to East Aurora to buy from Bunt. Isn't that right, Kev? Just hashtag buy from Bunt all the day, all all the way. <laughs> Bunt, I think I think you gotta enlighten the people. What do you what do you got going down there in East Aurora, down on Main Street? Oh, uh, we got all the deals. Everything's happening in East Aurora. Uh, if you need a Buick, GMC, Cadillac, or any other Western brand, I'm the guy to go to. Give me a call or a text. Find me on Twitter at Mike underscore Bunt. I'll help you out. Yep, always got to hook up the people. And who's hooking up the people right now with more enjoyment than anything? UB men's hoops, three straight MAC wins after a tough start to conference slate with those two opening losses. But they bounce back with a 76-73 win over Mike Bunt's Ohio Bobcats. Kev, you know, they played a great game there, almost let it go late, but they ended up holding on thanks to a real, real good effort by Jonathan Williams. Yeah, I mean, they struggled in the first half, scoring 26 points. It looked like they were on their way to another one of these home stinkers uh, where they've struggled on home court. They really have. They've definitely struggled on home court. I've been fine with them on neutral floor and on the road. They've been pretty good. Um, but they've, they've struggled mightily at this home, you know, in this home court. I don't know what it is after carrying the nation's longest leading um, winning streak. They come in and immediately drop to Dartmouth. Uh, dropped a really bad game to Army, NIU, and it looked like this could have been another stinker, 26 points in the first half. Even Williams was one for eight um, to start this game off. Um, it was it was not a good, and only two points in that first half, half, guys. So a lot went right for the, the Bulls in the middle of this game, really, like you mentioned the last, I don't know, maybe it was the last five or six minutes. You know, Ohio started to tighten it up a little bit and at least put a little pressure. It remind, reminded me a lot of the Bonnie's game where uh, the Bulls, you know, came out and started playing, you know, better um, and took it back over. And then Ohio made a surge, just like St. Bonaventure did, to kind of play back-and-forth basketball toward the end of the game, um, to the point where even Ken Palm called it a quote-unquote lucky win for UB to take this out. Um, prior to the CMU game, guys, actually, Ohio uh, Buffalo was 25th in Ken Palm's overall luck, meaning that they had three games at the, that Ken Palm considered to be lucky for UB to win. Um, I think this Ohio game was definitely classified as that. So they played pretty good. Um, statistics were good for Nathan. Um, struggled out, like I said, struggled out of the gate. Still shot one for four from three, 10 for 17 overall. Uh, did, did grab seven boards, 26 points, is becoming the replacement for Nick Perkins, really. Very similar basketball players to me. Um, but Jonathan's, you know, really getting it going on the offensive side, guys. But there is still those defensive lapses from this team. Um, and that's kind of what Ohio took advantage of. So I don't know what Mike saw. I know Mike was at the game. So yeah, I, it was it was a good game back and forth. A little bit of a dull start uh, for both teams in the first half, but second half was all Jonathan Williams. I know he has some issues he needs to fix on the defensive side of the court, but he he had an unbelievable stretch where whatever he was doing was working. He was driving to the hoop. He Ohio really had no answer to stop him, and uh, I think that's going to be huge for UB down the stretch. Can Jonathan continue playing like this? Because uh, if he can, that's another weapon that I really didn't 
count on UB having uh, down the stretch, and uh, that'll do a lot for UB's confidence going forward. Yeah, I think so, definitely. Um, but, yeah, you look at how that game started, slow for both teams for sure. Uh, Vandeplas and Preston looked phenomenal for Ohio. Uh, it was a career-high day for Vandeplas. I think Preston was right up there as well with his career-high. And then you had um, Dardis just have an absolute stinker of a day. I think he was 0 for 5 before he ended up going down with that injury. Um, so that's going to really put a damper on Ohio's season. It's going to be tough for them to fight without Dardis because that, that injury is kind of serious. He's okay. Wow. He's a, he actually played in the next game. They just said it was a severe cramp. Um, yeah, it looked he, it looked weird the way it happened. Yeah, just that non-contact. Yeah, I was scared because he missed all of last season, so I was worried for as an Ohio fan. But yeah, uh, no, he he's actually okay. But uh, you mentioned Vanderplas and and Preston; those are tough guys. I mean, they're young, but they're talented players, and they went off for their points. But what UB did a good job of they they shut down every other player on the Bobcats, and they did what they needed to win the game. They didn't make anything easy for Ohio. Uh, and what I also like to see from UB is in the end, they made the plays they needed to make to, to pull out the victory. That could have gone either way, but UB, they came up clutch when they needed to. And that, that's a quality that you can't uh, put down, especially when games in March are going to be decided on last-minute possessions. Yep, and you had a great showing there with some real clutch buckets from Antoine Johnson finally something we've been waiting to see he contributed 18 points and the team actually had a you know a pretty nice night from the line 78.6 percent uh from the charity stripe so that's something you have to do uh to secure these wins the team was able to get 48 points in the paint so you're able to get some nice easy buckets you know they struggled from three but janathan williams had no problem getting to the basket um getting in and around the rim that was nice to see for that team a real big win obviously you know you're still struggling defensively um especially you gave up 18 second chance points to ohio um i think that's you know the big reason why they were able to get back into that game um they only shot 43 percent from the floor so you know you you were able to you know force them to take you know tougher shots they weren't getting a lot of easy looks but those second chance buckets really kept them into that game kev yeah it did and you know one three reason I think the game was closer, although Dardis did show up in this one, um, neither did Javon Graves. Um, he, I know he's, he's got this, uh, the rumor of the flu, um, I guess is confirmed now. Shot one for seven from three, two for ten on the floor, nine points total. Did get four for five from the free throw line to kind of salvage his offensive day. Um, you know, you saw the struggles in Central, uh, at Central, you know, not pleasant. He shot 33% again um, from both from three and um, from the floor. So, you know, you're potentially best player with the flu giving you good defensive minutes good hustle um, but it's still struggling so um, hopefully that gets right against uh western here coming up but you know you gotta you gotta you gotta expect more from your your senior leader or your junior leader um and you know by far to me when he's on the uh, best player so it's good to see them win a couple of games with him you know we'll call it you know quote unquote average um but really does so much more on the floor for his team um, and, and have a couple other guys. Yeah, Antoine Johnson absolutely needed to step up in this game, and, and he did. He was able to capitalize, um, scoring double digits in back-to-back games. And shooting the ball well, 58.3% against Ohio, 50% from three. 
and then uh, in Central, 44% overall field goal and 40% from three. Um, into both in double-digit games, nine rebounds against Central. Really played solid, playing solid basketball. It's kind of the Antoine Johnson we were expecting. Uh, not the 30% shooter. Uh, I think it was in, what was it? What were we saying, guys? It was, he shoot one for 30 or something in yeah. um, in uh, on the tournament, I think, wasn't it? I think it was Something one like for that. 30. Yeah, down in um, in uh, Charleston Classic. So it was something really, really crazy. So we're, I'm glad to see that not a one for 30. Um, you know, extrapolated out to what he's playing now. He's getting 12 or 15 out of 30, um, Mike. So, you, would, I mean, if you're getting that from Antoine Johnson, that's how you string these three wins together, right? Yeah, yep. you, you, need, you need Antoine Johnson to continue playing at this high level. Before the year when we did our season preview, me and Al were all talking about how Antoine Johnson might be one of the top players in the map, yep. and yep. we certainly haven't seen that uh, so far to this point in the season. But if he can turn into a 13, 14, 15 point per game player, that'll go a huge way for this team uh, going forward because you you just see it alone the last couple games how how UB is playing with the better production from Antoine Johnson. They look like a team that really could be at the top of the conference uh, with their last couple of results. So uh, hopefully it, it continues that way because uh, the Bulls are definitely a much better team with them uh, producing at a higher level. Yep, and the team had a huge win going into Mount Pleasant with an 86-67 victory over Central Michigan. Uh, Jonathan Williams led the way again with 18 points, five rebounds, two assists in that one. Um, like you mentioned, Javon had another off day, but still contributed 14 points and added four steals. Devontae Jordan added another 13 and seven rebounds, four assists. Antoine Johnson in double digits again, nine rebounds, just missed a double-double. So you're getting a good balanced scoring. You shot 45% overall, and you held Central to just 34% shooting. This was a real up-and-down, quick-pace UB uh game and i think the offense really excelled in that you played defense great you got nine steals eight blocks and i think you were able to get out in transition you set up some quick plays get some quick um on ball screens up on top you get some pick and rolls going towards the rim um and then a lot of times you know if that wasn't working they were getting a guy coming off the baseline or another cutter that they were able to find some quick easy baskets early in that shot clock Ed. yeah definitely there's a lot going right for the team in this game they played solid defense against um, efficiency, a third-ranked third offense in the country in Central. Um, Central is known to not play a lot of defense under under their head coach, so it's 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 really good to see them take advantage. I, I thought for sure we were going to get an 88-87 game in this one. Um, I didn't think there would be too much defense played. That happened to be true on the Central side. Uh, you'd be getting 86 in this, um, but they, they saw something on tape that they could take advantage of, and um, it worked in their favor. I mean, I think it's got a little bit to do with their best player being hurt, guys. You can't forget Kevin McKay not playing 15 points per game brings this back up to a 86-82 game um, and a much closer affair that they'll see each other later in this year. UB actually has a tougher schedule. They have to play. Um, you have to play two uh, Mac West teams twice every year. UB gets stuck with Central um, and Ball State, which are potentially the two best in the West. Um, you know, Toledo's always lurking around, but they're potentially the two best teams in the West. So they have to play in both twice. So you'll see central again in uh, alumni arena. Um, not much, you know, <laughs> I almost like them playing on the road at this point, guys, but uh, 
Uh, Kevin McKay should be back and healthy for that one. We'll see what happens there. But I don't think their forward plays as dominant as some other teams. DeLeo's pretty good, but he's still a spot-up shooter, three for five and three. Um, does, does you know, get his boards, but isn't quite the physical dominant presence um, that some other forwards that they've had to play this year. And don't get me, don't get me wrong, he's 6'8 and still got his points. Um, but, you know, he's going to hover right at that 14 to 15 point mark, no matter, um, you know, where he's playing. So does take a lot of threes, does help the team out when he's fast in transition. Uh, and he's not body him on picking pick and rolls and um, you know, getting good transition basket. So uh, they, they had him, but they didn't have too much else in the forward presence. Rob Montgomery's not quite the four that's going to do him damage or Burrell. So uh, UB took advantage of that, played a faster paced game and Bala got in some foul trouble. So it clearly wasn't a big man game in this one. Um, and that's how do you counter that shooting 45%, right, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and the, the one other thing that was really nice about you being this game is they got off to a hot start overall. It just felt right off the bat that UB had their offense going, took a, an eight point lead into the half and really kind of just dismantled central Michigan, never really gave them a chance. And you, what I liked is, you finally saw UB play with a nice defensive effort. Uh, we really haven't seen UB's defense come to play much this year, and uh, that's something that was really critical in their success the last couple seasons. For as much as people talk about the scoring ability that C.J. Massenburg, Nick Perkins, and, and all the guys on, on the last couple years' squads had, UB was really in your face and was able to create a lot just by forcing turnovers and getting takeaways. We, we haven't really seen a ton of that this year, but it was nice to see UB really step up, shut a team down, and, and kind of cruise to an easy victory uh, because it's not really something that they've had the ability to do uh, many times this season. Yeah, and I thought this UB team just played great team ball. You know, you got another game where you get 46 points in the paint. And finally, you get some bench scoring. You get 27 points off the bench, although, you know, some of it is some of those baskets later in garbage time, some guys getting some more minutes. But it's nice to see those guys get some minutes, get some buckets, maybe get a little confidence going on, going further into MAC play, especially like LaQuil Harden, it was 3-for-3 three three from the field. And you also get 21 points off of turnovers. Just goes to show when this team goes and plays an all-around game what they can really do. You shoot 45% from the floor, 40% from three, and 83% from the line. You're going to win a lot of ball games. So that's great to see going forward um, as Western Michigan is going to be coming into Alumni Arena tonight. Um, they're 9-9 nine and nine on the season, 2-3 and three overall in MAC play um, with a couple tough losses for them. They're led by guard Michael Flowers, who's averaging 18.1 points per game this season. And he's one of, I think, like 20 or so players in all of Division One basketball right now who are shooting over 40% uh, percent from the floor, 40% from three, and over 80% from the free throw line. This is going to be an interesting matchup, I think, for the Bulls here, Kev. Yeah, I mean, it's generally a team that UB is going to match up well against. They do have one forward, um, a guy by the name of Brandon Johnson, a junior uh, I believe Juco player, um, junior, who's played really well from Chicago, 15 points, 8.3 rebounds. Um, he's the kind of guy that'll bang bodies um, and could present some problems. Um, Michael Flowers should and will get his. Both are, you know, over 30-minute 30, 30 um, players, you know, 31, 32, 33 minutes. are going to a lot of minutes. Um, Flowers takes care of the ball, but at the same time, he doesn't have huge assist numbers. 
uh, three assists per game uh, to this 2.7 turnovers per game. So um, not going to be a crazy team that's going to share the ball a lot. Um, they're going to, you know, they're going to try to get after it and get their points. But, you know, 294th in total points per game in the nation, 333rd in rebounds, 294th in points allowed, 371st, almost last in assists to, to kind of wrap up my point. So it's not, I mean, they're a, a 10 and a half point favorites over under of 153 and a half. Um, once again, you know, they're not expecting a ton of defense in this. Um, Western Michigan doesn't play a lot of it. Michael Flowers, they don't share the ball really well. Um, the teams that beat UB are teams that share the ball um, and shoot really well. So Michael Flowers seems to have one of those Eugene German shooting days. Um, but, I mean, there's there's not a lot else that, that really, you know, really scares me about this team. They're two best players. And then other than, other than that, uh, they're, they're guys that I like to say wouldn't play a ton on the UB squad. So, Mike, I'm not sure where you're at on this one, but uh, this is a game that UB should win by double digits. But we've seen worse with Army and NIU and um, Dartmouth coming to town. Yeah, I, I'm with you. If UB has shown us anything this year, it's that we can't take any game for granted, uh, especially with those last two results you just uh, you just referenced right there. And the one thing also in Western Michigan's favor is that they're actually playing some decent basketball of late. They're coming off a win over Kent State, which was uh, impressive. They played Bowling Green tight the game before that. So if there is one thing going in the Broncos' favor, they're playing good basketball uh, during the last week. But I agree with everything you said, Kevin. Uh, right now, this UB team is simply a better uh, basketball team. And they should win this game by double digits. Uh, I imagine that home court should be uh, alumni arena should be rocking uh, for this contest, and I really think that UB should be able to win this one uh, by ten plus. But we'll see. UB's had other games this year where they should have done that, and it hasn't happened. And that's really the difference between us talking about uh, a twelve and. Uh, five type UB team or a team that could have been 15 and three or, or something, some record that would be closer to what we've seen the last couple of years. Yeah. And Western Michigan is a program that's struggling in the Mac to win on the road. Their last road Mac win actually was February 23rd of 2017. It's almost been three years and you know, it's going to be a tough task coming into alumni arena. Like you said, the building's going to be rocking with that over-under at 153.5. It's an implied score of 82-71.5. It's going to be interesting because both these teams are basically even against the spread on the season. Western Michigan 8-7-1, UB 7-8-1. So I think it's going to be real close. Um, With the 10.5, it can't push. So uh, I think it's going to be right around that point. I think UB... 81 70 i think they get the cover by a half point um it's gonna be yeah a little i'm gonna say just under that over under ub is just slightly an over team nine six and one on the over whereas western michigan's even on it but i don't i just think at home you're not they they haven't put up you know those crazy games at home you got 86 in the last game but that's on the road they've played better on the road like you guys have mentioned i think right there I think that's the way it's going to go, Kev. Yeah, something about these directional Michigans um, being bad on the road. Central's one for seven on the road this year. Western's two for five on the road, and Eastern's two for five. So these Michigan teams struggle when they're leaving their own gyms. Um, Not really sure why, and those road wins really are bad ones. I mean, they beat Milwaukee really early on in this year, and then Manhattan 59-58. 
Um, but other than that, I mean, they've, they've struggled. You mentioned three years, almost three years and could go on three years of Mac play. So it's a good team to actually have, you know, a lot of times you want these bad teams and their gems because then you don't lose a home game, but no, I kind of look at it opposite. Like you need to get stack home wins. You have a team that's historically really historically for the Mac, at least historically bad on the road. Um, this game could be completely different in their gym. They seem to win there. They really do. They have a pretty good home. They have a better home record than, than UB does. So, um, you know, that's something to take note of. Uh, and it, it's, it's, I can't say that they're going to break that streak against a really good UB team. The only thing they have going for them is UB could look forward to that huge 10 state game coming up on Friday night on national TV. So there is that element. They're not. They haven't convinced me that they're the UB teams of old. That they're not going to look past these teams because they have with Dartmouth um, and an Army with the big three uh, with the big four games coming up. They overlooked Army. Uh, Army's a really bad team, guys, and they got kind of kind of double digited on their own home floor. So that's what game's scaring me the most. But at this point on the three game winning streak, Western a notoriously bad road team. Um, I got UB eighty four. Um, and Western 75, so I don't have them covering, but I have the over. And then I, I guess my turn right now, I'll, I'll take UB 8272. Um, I, I don't really, I don't know what the over under, what, what you, you said. Got, you got the over and no, no cover. Okay. So, uh, I'll, I'll put it that way right now. I, honestly, I expect UB to, to cruise in this game late. Um, maybe it stays tight for a half or so, but, uh, I think once the second half comes, UB is going to take care of business. I, I expect guys like Javon Graves, Jonathan to get their points. And, and you know what? I was talking to that, to Al about this other day. All year I've been waiting for UB to kind of just show me something. Uh, I, I, I think we all hyped them up a little bit too much heading into the season. Uh, Sure, they have a lot of guys that are are very talented that have played at bigger programs, but they never really have had the opportunity to put it together. I just keep waiting for them to take it to the next level, and I think the last couple games showed that uh, there is room for this team to get even better, and I, and I think they'll find that point, and this is just going to be one of the games where, where, where they show it. So uh, I think 10-point win would be a nice uh, MAC victory for this team. Yeah, I think we would all take that, double digits, nothing to really sweat about in alumni. And it'd be nice, especially going into that big game on Friday. But, you know, we're going to be at the game tomorrow covering all of that. And it's going to be it's gonna be a big game, you know, beyond this. So you obviously don't want to look too far ahead. And... Yeah, Kev, as you say that, like it, it got me much more nervous thinking about looking ahead. Um, I think you got to really settle down, and this team needs to focus on every game and battle throughout this max season. There seems It seems like they're starting to put some game plans together that are actually working, where you're breaking down these other teams and you're finding these little things in their games that seem to be really helping you on both sides of the ball. It seems to really be coming from the coaching and the team actually seems to be, you know, doing what the coaches are saying finally. And it seems to finally be clicking and they're getting into that next gear that you really need to be getting into at this point in the season, Kev. Yeah. I mean, you're coming close to February basketball. There's no more like, you know, it's November ball, you know, it doesn't matter if it's Dartmouth game. And I give them a pass on Dartmouth and UConn. 
who's actually the worst American team. Um, Vandy, who's one of the worst teams in their conference, um, although they've been playing okay basketball. But, I mean, they're even 0-4 in conference play in the SEC. So um, I think they lost. I think someone saw like 8 of 10. So there's some bad losses that I'm going to forgive them for, guys, in this. Um, and they're, I mean, you're not going to go and win in, in Vandy and DePaul. Um, so, and then you lost that Army game, a little bit less unforgiving. And then the NAU game to me was just un, un, unforgivable. Can't lose the first MAC game. Um, but then now we're into, you know, getting into February ball. And especially as Friday approaches and uh, CBS Sportsnet, uh, getting a three and two game versus three and two, really a buy, buy type of game. You're not going to get that one back, even though it's in late January. You're not going to get to play 10 again. You do get to play literally again, but you're not going to get this ball game back um, in a game where you need the tiebreaker and you probably need the win there at home, especially to get yourself a chance at the top four, which everybody knows now. Um, you know, you need that buy to go to Cleveland. It's happened maybe once or twice in the history of someone that doesn't have the buy. Um, so you need, we need this buy. Um, that, that Friday game is going to be huge. So guys, they can't look past Western. They did it with Army looking past them to see, you know, the Kenesha St. Bonnie stretch. Um, they can't have that happen again. And this isn't, they can't get this game back. They've already got, they already lost to the NIU. They already lost the back to back with Ball State. You know, we're beyond the jitters, five games in. They can't look past Western. You worried about that at all, Mike, or kind of what's your, what's your thoughts? What was that again? Are you worried about them looking past Western at all? Oh, not at all. Not okay. at all. Uh, I don't know. They, they've already lost a couple games this year. It, I figured that had to be a wake-up call enough for them. I mean, it, they probably shouldn't have needed the Army game after already losing to Dartmouth. But the way I look at it, uh, Jim Whitesell has this team ready. They know what they need to do. If you lose a MAC game, I, I think it's more of a – uh, a talent issue on UB than it would be a looking past them at this point. Um, but, but that's it. I'm, I'm not really worried at all. I, okay. I feel confident and I think UB should roll tomorrow. If they lose to Western at home, I'm going to more so question what's going on as far as development than I would anything else with this program. Yes, for sure. I mean, you're 245th Ken Palm. They're technically the worst, although not quite. Eastern's played some bad basketball. Ken Palm says that uh, that Western's the worst MAC team, especially you get this game at home. You've already lost your, you know, your your one kind of iffy game and Northern losing to Northern and Western at home. I think you got a real argument, right, Ty, of of there being some issues. Yeah, then you got to start questioning, you know, <laughs> a whole bunch of things. And we, you know, we were. Worried a couple a couple weeks ago with that 0-2 start, and we don't want to get back to that place. We no. want to see that continued growth, which it seems like we have now. This offense looks like an actual offense. We have a lot better ball movement. You seem to be setting up some plays. You're getting good looks, um, and I think you know, you're know you moving the ball around well. You're playing well defensively. It seems like there's actually some communication, and you know they're forcing a lot of tough shots, and that's what you need to do. Um, to be able to play late into the season and do something in Cleveland. And we want to get that automatic buy into Cleveland. We don't want to be worried about, you know, having to play one of those play-in games. So, you know, as as nice as it would be to get an extra game in Alumni Arena, we don't want that extra stress. Just get us right to Cleveland, Kev. Yeah, no, you don't want to play because you know who you'd be playing? This Western team, Eastern or, like, Northern. So, <laughs> Uh, if they end up dropping this game and losing to two of those three teams at home that I just mentioned, what's the last thing you want? To have to play them 
uh, with everything on the line. And, you know, play, back tournament play. We've seen some sneaky teams. I think it was even Northwest. I can't remember which team went on a mini run that almost made it to the finals. Played Bowling Green tough. I think it was Northern, if I'm not mistaken. But UB almost scored Northern, I believe, in the finals. Hey, uh, crazy, crazy things happen in the MAC tournament. I don't want to annoy you guys with my Bobcats, but in oh. 2009-2010, I was a freshman at Ohio. They were a nine seed. Played, yep. I believe, at Ball State in the first round. On the road in the first round of the MAC tournament. And they went into Cleveland, swept, won the MAC tournament, then upset Georgetown in the first round. That's exact nightmare Matching. scenarios. Yep, that's nightmare scenarios if he doesn't want to play a team like Northern last year that got hot. You have a player like Eugene German. Hopefully they'll finish somewhere higher that UB wouldn't have to play them in the first round. But, you know, this Western team and Eastern, those are two really good examples of teams that you would play. So this, for lack of a better term, guys, tomorrow is a 5 versus 12 game. So uh, to watch it, if UB can take care of business and maybe they'll prove that they get a bye. But this is the exact type of game you'll get at alumni in March if you don't take care of business. Um, so I'd rather them take care of the business now than have to play a 6-11 or 5-12 game. Yep, let's hope the Bulls take care of business. Everyone, get to alumni, pack it out, be loud, be proud, get your horns up, and don't forget to buy for Bunt. And for Mike Bunt himself, Kevin Masari, I'm Ty B. Shout out to General Al, wherever he is tonight. I'm sure he's not going to be able to sleep. Everyone's going to be listening to this in the morning. Al's probably not even going to go to sleep. He's going to listen to this in the morning. He's so nervous. He's so ready to go. Let's go Bulls!